0: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer, download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet.
1: Gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858 858. Lawn bowling is more than just a game. There's no talking on the green. It's you remember 1972 prices? They're nothing this
0: soft. Stick it right up the right up. Them. Welcome without bias. Local legends wanted. The Bowls Green is just up the road. Search Bowls Clubs near me. Stay engaged with the sport via the Bowl Show. Sundays on 7-2 from 2.30pm. Uh, Welcome to the final edition for 2020 of Without Bias, our dedicated Lawn Bowls show on SEN. Sam Hargraves in the chair uh, wishing you a very Merry Christmas. I hope it was a great day that you had and Boxing Day as well and we wish you a very safe New Year uh, as well. Uh, Joined as always by everybody's favourite Jackaroo, uh, Barry Lester. Hello to you and uh, Merry Christmas, Baz. Yeah, Merry
1: Christmas, Sam. Uh, Hope you uh, are doing well and it's always good to be back on the show, mate.
0: Absolutely. So just you and I today, uh, we thought we'd let everybody just go and enjoy their uh, festive season, however they uh, celebrate it. So, uh, good chance for us to maybe get to know you a little bit better. The man behind the myth, the legend that is, uh, Barry Lester. Um, But first and foremost, I suppose it's a time where we look back on a a year that's been a year like no other. Um, There's no other way I can describe it that hasn't been described already. It's just been one of the toughest years, one of the most extraordinary years Years that we, we've seen, when we 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 just sit back at times and go, what on earth did we just live through, and are we still living through? So uh, it's a reality going into next year. It's it's been at the forefront of everything that's occurred this year, uh, a COVID year. How do you sit back and reflect on it?
1: My initial thoughts are how probably proud I am really of Australians, because you know when you look at other countries at the moment and you see what they're going through, and I know the population's probably a, a bit greater, but uh, you know, you, you can only sort of look look to your left and look to your right and, and be quite uh, proud of your fellow Australians because it, we've had a, like you said, a tough year. But I think the way we've been quite resilient and got through um, so many downs, and if you put COVID aside, it's been a tough sort of 18 months across Australia with droughts and fires and and you name it. So I think we just keep getting back off the, off the canvas and, and, and moving forward, and, and that's what we, we will continue to do. So I'm pretty proud, but... And the bowls community is uh, shining light, really. Uh, the way they've really rallied together, and and bowls Australia has produced a lot of great initiatives as well. So it's it's been a tough year, but
0: I think one thing we can be proud of is we keep getting back up and, and going again. Absolutely, well said. What what are you most proud of from a bowls point of view? Well, I I
1: think the way like my phone and has been you know the last probably six months going off just from. People approaching you, you know, uh, people doing, uh, initiating new radio shows or uh, online coaching sessions and Zooms and stuff like that. So people are really showing a really good initiative and just trying to spread the word about getting bowls out there. I recently saw some, uh, Matthew Flapper playing a game of bowls, you know, a former Australian player up in the Goulburn Valley for a, for a team up in Shepparton. And, and just to see something like that go ahead, I always looked at... The likes of Brendan Pavola and Barry Hall, and that playing country football and bringing in the crowds, and I think little things like that is is something that's new, and it's great to see. Maybe some of our current or former Australians getting out, Australian players, and getting out and playing uh, some some exhibition or some competition games for country clubs to to really make a really community initiative of it and promote the sport and and stuff like that. So yeah, just the way clubs have been willing to. Uh, maybe change a little bit of direction and take some new things on but even the clubs i've been to just all the sanitization all the covid guidelines and all that just everyone's been really great so i've been wrapped in the way of bowls clubs have um taking taken on what they've been forced to do and done it um with you know 100 confidence and and success
0: Uh, it's a beautiful thing and just great to see people getting back out to, to bowling greens all around the place now and whether it be christmas parties or just a way to catch up it's sensational and uh, as we always say on, on this show uh, there is a bowls club near you of course so um, just remember that uh, local legends are wanted search bowls clubs near me uh, righto barry lester uh, jackaroo of course wine connoisseur and Uh, A man of many traits, uh, many facets. Uh, Let's get a little bit deeper into your mind and find out a bit more about what makes you tick, my friend. Um, A little bit of background. The when, the why, the where and how you started playing this great game of Lawn Bowls. Yeah,
1: 14 years of age, Sam. I was playing a lot of sport as a young kid. Uh, You know, a little country town called Wedderburn, just out of Bendigo. Born in Bendigo and uh, you had to go past the Bowls Club every week. You, you needed to go. It was to the local swimming pool, tennis court, school, wherever you need to go, you pretty much walk past the bowls club. And my dad was a bowler. My great-grandfather was a bowler and spent a lot of time in bowls clubs. But back then, and, and that just goes to show how far we've come, uh, I couldn't join until I was 14. So there was rules around that, you know, ages and where you, when you could actually join a club. So I uh, broke my arm playing football one winter, and most summers you're probably playing cricket, which was the standard transition, winter to summer and I couldn't play cricket so I end up having a few games of bowls with dad and and I can't say I fell in love with it straight away but I really did enjoy being around the club environment the mature conversations learning off older people and just you know enjoyed the environment and spending time with my dad and my dad would uh, yeah he loved the game and he he'd take me to tournaments all around victoria and Back then, the the first the first thing we ever won was a I think we won an esky. We we won it, first prize was an esky at uh, a little club called Sunarned, uh, out yep. out near Wedderburn. So no good good growing up in the country and playing country sport, mate.
0: So your your first club, even though you were born in Bendigo, uh, same as me, you your first club was Wedderburn.
1: Wedderburn Bowls Club. Yeah, I, I get back there as much as I can, and uh, the the Jackson family. You know, Donny Jackson was a legend at uh, at the Wedderburn Bowls Club and and they were really supportive of me and the club still is I, I try and ca- catch up with them as much as much as we can but then at age 16 I, we moved to Lakes Entrance and mm. um, that was a big step in in my young life and still uh continued to play bowls and met John Snell you know the great legend uh, John Snell and yeah he moved he moved to Lakes Entrance not long after I and and uh, that my love for the sport changed again because I was at that age about 18 19 where I didn't know if I wanted to keep going and and uh, the fact that he could mentor me and, and show me uh, many things about the sport and tell me some of his stories really inspired me to keep going.
0: Uh, talk to us about your relationship with John Snell. We're speaking to Barry Lester on Without Bias, of course, going a little bit deeper and learning a little bit more uh, about this man. Uh, we do it all, of course, for Bowls Australia. The Bowls show Sundays on 7-2 from 2.30pm and for APIA, brought to you by APIA, proudly supporting Bowls Australia. Um that relationship with John Snell. One of your nicknames is Snelly. You've got a few out there on the green, but just talk to us about that relationship with him.
1: Yeah, John Snell. Uh, you know, he's done everything in the game. Highly revered. You know, he played. He had the singles role for Australia, which is a pretty coveted role, as you know. And yep. and to get to get that role in the major championships, Commonwealth Games, and World Bowls, you, you, you're arguably the best player in Australia, one of the best in the world, in which John was for a long time. And he was big on. You know, coaching, he, he wrote books and stuff like that. But John just basically would sit down with me at the club and, and just tell me all about his career, some of the things that got him to, uh, why it got him to where he got to. And he actually used to have a big box of v- VHS tapes and he'd lend them to me. <laughs> and, uh, he, it was like, don't you lose them or damage them. You know, these are VHS tapes. So they mean a lot to me with all these world championship and Commonwealth Games games and stuff like that. And so, I would watch those games and and learn about the mental side because John was really big on that side of things. And then out on the green, we'd play a lot of bowls together and he'd really talk me through shot selection and technique and delivery and preparation. John was big on his preparation and and I become really more um, concerned in that area of my game at a young age and focused on that area because... Um, John was like, no, you got technique, you got skill, etc, but this is another area if you want to make it to the top, you're going to have to uh, focus on, and, and that was a part of my game that, that uh, I really focused on, and, and the nickname Snelly, well it's a no brainer, uh, John being my mentor, they nickname me Snelly, but it, <laughs> oh, they used to have a, 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 on Sunday mornings, or Sundays, they used to have a in the age newspaper, they used to have a, a, a bowls ride up every Sunday, and, and John was interviewed when he was playing a tournament in Melbourne, and and they said, oh, you know, uh, tell us a bit about young Barry Lester from Lake Sentience. You're doing a bit of work with him and such and such. And he said, yep, you know, he's one to look out for. I think I was about 19 or 20 at the stage. And, and then from there, all the boys in, around the bowls teams and stuff I'd hang out with just started calling me Snelly because Sna- Snelly gave me a bit of a rap in the, in the newspaper. So that's where Snelly uh, came from, really.
0: Was it meeting him where it became more than a hobby and you thought this could be something I, I could do as a career and this could become my life?
1: Yeah, when, when John tells you stories of where he'd travelled to, you know, he'd be all around the world competing. And when that really did hit home with me, the fact that bowls can take you around the world. And he said every Christmas, and I'll never forget this, every Christmas he'd receive Christmas cards. This is well and truly before Facebook and all that. Uh, you, know, you know, he'd receive Christmas cards from all around the world from bowlers he'd met that he'd made friends with. And it'd be Christmas cards saying, you know, Merry Christmas from... Uh, Jack and Joan in somewhere in Scotland or something. And that just sort of, for me, went, wow, you get to travel the world. You make friends from all around the world. You get to know players. And and I've been very fortunate enough to do that. And just with COVID the last six, eight months, I've connected with a lot of my friends from overseas and just checked in on them. And uh, and that's definitely one of the best things. So to be able to, yeah, uh, have that relationship with John and have him tell me the stories of where he'd been to, what he'd played in really did, inspire me to go, you know what, I, I would like to uh, do something similar. You know, I looked at John's resume back in those days going, wow, if I can do a quarter of what he's done, would be wrapped. <laughs> uh,
0: best player you've played against, best green you've played on?
1: Oh, you can't really go past um, over the years, Tweed heads as greens, but probably I've had a fair bit of success on the number four green at Broadbeach and, you know, won the Australian Open Pairs Pairs there won some gold medals for Australia, uh, Asia Pacific Gold there a couple a couple of years ago or well, last year on that green. So green four at Broad Beach would be the best green I've ever played on, and probably still is. And it's just a, a beautiful green. That's where they play all the Australian Open finals on. And oh, it a hardest hardest opponent um, Alex Marshall uh, played against him a lot over the years now, and mm. uh, j- just the way the hard shots uh, are played with so much confidence and, and that's where when you're when you are elite in what you do you do make the hard stuff look easy and you know you look at a guy like Dustin Martin Gary Ablett these guys they uh, they just freaks and, and Alex Marshall is that person but I played a lot with Jeremy Henry as well Aaron Sheriff uh, Mark Casey Nathan Rice those players all all phenomenal players Mark Jacobson and Jeremy Henry uh, same thing Aaron Sheriff, they can just make that really hard shot um look, look easy, but they would, they will, they were up for the challenge. You know, a guy like Aaron Sheriff, if you apologize to him on the crossover, say, oh, sorry, mate, it's okay, I'll get it. And, uh, and that's what the good players do. They, they thrive off that challenge. So there's a couple of, Players um, that stand out to me. And and Nathan Rice, you know, played a lot of bowls with him over the years. Phenomenal player
0: as well. We'll talk about uh, your relationship with him uh, after this. We'll get to a break and come back. We're speaking to Barry Lester on Without Bias uh, for our final episode of the year, learning a little bit more about everybody's favourite Jackaroo. Uh, Stay right there, Baz. Uh, This is Without Bias on sen for. Uh, bowls Australia, don't forget the Bowl Show. You can stay engaged with the sport via the Bowl Show Sundays on Seven Two from two thirty PM. And for Apia, dedicated specialists ready to help. Call thirteen fifty fifty Apia. Get set go. Back with more without bias after this. From the white outdoors to the great indoors, this is without bias. Local legends wanted. Search bowls clubs near me. The Bowl Show Sundays on Seven Two from two thirty PM. Welcome back to our final Without Bias of 2020, Sam Hargraves. And we're getting to know Barry Lester just a little bit more, delving deeper into the mind of, and uh, still plenty to cover. We do it all for the Bowls Show Sunday, 7-2 from 2.30 p.m. And for Apia, uh, proudly supporting Bowls Australia. So we've made Baz, and why wouldn't we, our local legend this week for Bowls Australia, local legends wanted. uh, The Bowls Green is just up the road. Search Bowls Clubs near me. Uh, Baz, let's cast our mind back. Uh, 2006... Melbourne Commonwealth Games, Uh, pretty exciting time in your life. Uh, You playing alongside uh, a great mate in Nathan Rice, who you mentioned earlier, uh, and a bronze medal uh, is claimed. What do you remember?
1: Probably the first thing that I always remember is 100,000 screaming people walking down the the main race uh, into the opening ceremony of the Commonwealth Games in front of your home crowd, being a Victorian. Uh, Pretty pretty special. Uh, You just can't help sort of go past that. The, leaving the village you know Lauren Jackson um, you know all the big names around the village just seeing all these other athletes and yeah you get you get chauffeured in this bus and all the roads are completely empty because you you know you're with all the other athletes and you're travelling to the opening ceremony so MCG we sat in Rod Labour to, to wait till our turn to go out and uh, all the countries one by one disappeared and we were the last country there Australia, and all the volunteers people cheering and screaming and yeah you get to Walk out of the G and in front of billions of people watching worldwide, and and the Queen did her speech, and that's that's the Commonwealth Games for me, 2006, and then being able to play uh, in the men's pairs was a was a huge honour, and to play alongside Nathan Rice at the time, arguably you know the best player in Australia and and one of the best in the world, and and we had a we had a really good time, and yeah, the the thing was we had to go out and win our bronze, we didn't it wasn't a consolation so that was always a a good thing to go out and and back up the the next day after losing uh, to play for gold and um, yeah to back up and win the bronze was was special
0: Two silver medals 12 years later 2018 Gold Coast Com Games tell us about that experience how does being part of the village and everything that comes with uh, an event like the Commonwealth Games uh, amongst all the other Australian athletes how does that compare to something like a World Bowls Championship
1: yeah, you thrive to, to play in those events uh, from an athlete point of view. You want to play in the Commonwealth Games World Championships. You want to play at the highest level. And uh, to make a second Commonwealth Games uh, was, was just incredible, really, and, and be 12 years apart. I was in the mix for two fourteen in Glasgow, just missed out, and, and that sort of spurred me on to keep trying for another Com Games. And, yeah, a couple of silvers. Scotland got us both times. We're, we're in both games. We... We laid it all out there as much as we could. We played great, um, just fell short. So to, to lose to a team that were just a bit better on the day uh, is the way it goes. And yeah, the village was brilliant. Gold Coast lifestyle, um, you know, the whole experience has seen me you know, move up there now. And it really is a phenomenal place. The Gold Coast and the, and the greens at Broadbeach was, was second to none and uh, great experience and an yeah, plenty of highlights. Very successful, you know. See everyone uh, doing so well, and and especially my little mate Joshy Thornton in the para triples to win gold, was um, was a huge huge highlight for me. Being a good friend and and uh, yeah, so we, we we just had a good time. Um, and was just yeah one of those experiences that stuck will stick with you forever. And um, mm. just to just to do it in the company of those kind of players, but. Yeah, it was uh, an unbelievable experience. You you want to live that lifestyle day in day out. You know, you th- you feel like you are a, a sort of a sporting s- superstar for the two weeks you're living in the village and
0: and but yeah, it only lasts a couple of weeks and uh, <laughs> you want yeah
1: you want to do it every every few months. But uh, it was brilliant, mate.
0: Uh, the the two pinnacle events in the sport: Com Games, World Bowls Championship. Always a little bit controversial, but to you, which rates higher? Uh, I,
1: I probably couldn't separate in terms of you know. What level they're on? World championships. If you win a world title, yeah, you've had to compete against thirty odd countries, uh, but you know, and it's a they're a tough slog, a lot of pool games. Um, but right now, I, I I don't want anything more really than a than a world title with my Jackaroos teammates, and and that's what we're thriving for. You know, last five or six months, the Zoom chats, the the, the trying to meet our expectations in our training and stuff. Everything revolves around the world championships next year on the Gold Coast. And we've got a, a phenomenal team, and yeah, we're going to do all we can to to really be up there next year. If everything goes ahead and, and try and win that world title for for the Jackaroos, because um, yeah, if you've got that if you've got that title, you, you you know you really thoroughly have
0: deserved it. How's the state of the sport now compared to when you were younger and coming through? There's probably less, uh, I suppose. There's less capitated playing members now. Um, a greater appreciation for the sport uh, but there's broadcast the fast-paced events the new modern look there's uniforms and and everything that comes with that how do you how do you see where bowls is from where it's been
1: well i still say to this day one of the best things that's ever happened was was the census data when bowls australia teamed up with street ryan to do bowls census and and since then it's just uh something that we heavily rely on to be able to talk through the numbers and that helps with our our ability to, to apply for funding and grants to be able to showcase the numbers. And it's no different to my club at Burley Heads when I'm speaking to sponsors. We put the numbers in front of them and say, you know, you want to collaborate with us and, and you know, X amount of thousands of people are going to be visiting our club and so on. So that's one of the best initiatives that the bowls, the sport of bowls has done. And, and uh, it's put us into a great place to say that we've got seven, 800,000 participants a year it is just phenomenal. Um, so barefoot bowls corporate bowlers, Jack Attack, you name it. But live streaming's been a great initiative as well, Sam. The fact that Mm. we can really showcase club games, district, disability games, you name it. We can put a a camera out there and live stream bowls firsthand. And the best thing about it, as soon as you go go to live stream and you share it, you're sharing it to people that might not have ever seen the game, played the game, been to a bowls club, and they tune in to watch it because it comes up on your feed. And then they go, you know what, I wouldn't mind giving that a go. It's outdoor, it's fun, it's social, it's interactive and, and inclusive. So um, there's some really big initiatives. Obviously, the colour's been great. The fact that we've got coloured bowls, coloured equipment, clothing. And the clubs are a lot more accessible and, and multifaceted now because it used to be probably a bit one-directional in terms of you go in, mm. you only play bowls. Now a lot of clubs are offering everything. Fundraisers, charity events, uh, you name it. So bowls clubs are now becoming more multi-purpose which i believe is is another great initiative
0: bpl ubc and jack attack as you mentioned it's all about bringing new audiences in uh, to sport and c- certainly certainly when we're all a little bit more time poor and there's plenty of competing forms of entertainment every sport has to go through this but bowls continues to look to innovate to try and make to put up exciting new products and, and show bowls in a different light to, to a different audience
1: 100 and Things like that short, sharp, you know, fun-paced uh, bowls events, BPL, UBC, it's all been really, really well-received. And I think what it's done now is made clubs for many years now uh, alter some of their events, you know, a bit shorter around their club uh, and reach out to their community. So, listen, it's not going to be a six-month competition. It's literally uh, one or two hours a week. You know, Jack Attack's perfect. It's it's really short, hour and a half, two hours, Brings you together with your friends. You can play it over six week competition, one night a week. Uh, you can play for a shield or a cup or prize money mm. or whatever. So it's it's really good. And right now with with COVID times, uh, yeah, you can get outside. You can go down to your local bowls club, give that a go. You don't need to be uh, right into sport. You don't have to have played sport before. But um, you know, bowls really ticks all those boxes for anyone that just wants to get out and give something a try. And it gets you moving, and um, and you, if you have any form of disability or any anything that inhabits you from playing the sport, there's bowling arms, there's you, you name it. So we we really try to tick all those boxes for anyone to get out there and yep. give the game a go.
0: Righto. If Bowls Australia CEO Neil Dalrymple, and to preface this, you've been a participation coordinator, regional bowls manager at Bowls Australia. You've uh, you've worked uh, you're now the bowls manager at Burley Head, so you come uh, with a lot of experience in the administrative side uh, and the behind the scenes side of the sport as well. If the CEO Neil Dalrymple, Bowls Australia, said, Baz, I'm off for the day. I've got a bit on. I need you to be CEO uh, for twenty four hours. Uh, is there a change an initiative a strategy a program a philosophy that you would implement in that 24 hours?
1: 24 hours uh, <laughs>
0: it's not long enough is it? Uh, no I, I look
1: I've got a great relationship with Neil and worked at bowls Australia like you said for many years and it was a bit sad when I had to had to leave but um, yeah been lucky to work with aero Bowls and and now working at Burley and try and do all I can to to help the sport grow and uh, for me, I get a little bit, um, I get a little bit sort of frustrated at times when I see the sport being played a little bit differently around Australia. I must admit that's just from a personal perspective. Uh, there's not, not nothing I can really change. It's just that, you know, from state to state, the game can be changed slightly, uh, played slightly different. So in what way? You no, know, in, Vic, uh, in Victoria traditionally you know, 25 ends of pennant, whereas most other states would be maybe 21 ends. Um, and then then you've got uh, some would play. 12 players which is three rinks some would play four uh, four rinks of 16 players so just trying to uh, create a little bit more continuity would be good um, I think it's, it's a great way to promote the sport if it's played the same um, you know if you look at AFL generally it's 18 players every state you go to um, so just having that conversation would be would something I'd, I'd probably initiate and just saying is there any chance we could probably play the game the same way around Australia instead of um, you know sort of slightly different state to state but Um, they all have their own reasons but um, it's something I would yeah I'd probably focus on early days
0: Baz it's been uh, wonderful getting uh, to know you just a little bit better than we already did and I know how uh, big you are and how big a supporter you are of regional bowls clubs all throughout Australia as well, and and seeing the great work they do in the communities because they become the lifebloods of towns like a lot of sporting organisations do. So festive season at the moment, we're encouraging everybody to to have a great time to get out to their local bowls club, to enjoy uh, that friends and family and that company whilst uh, supporting the the great game. Mate, uh, thanks so much for your time today and for the whole year.
1: Yeah, thanks, Sam, and uh, well done to everyone out there doing amazing things in the game uh, from Clubland and, and to all the volunteers, Sam. That's where the game is is really played. We can go out and participate and play the game, but the volunteers are what keep the clubs uh, going, and we cannot thank you. And even if you don't play the game, get out and do as much volunteering as you can, because that's what uh, community sport's all about.
0: Beautifully said. Barry Lester, Sam Hargrave signing off for 2020. Jack Heverin uh, as well, who's been the, the main captain of this ship. Uh, and a big thanks to Bowls Australia for supporting Without Bias. And don't forget the Bowl show Sundays on 7.2 from 2.30pm. Big thanks to Apia, uh, proudly supporting Bowls Australia. Uh, have a great day. Uh, have a great rest of the year. And have an even better 2021. That's it from us from Without Bias on SEN. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free, and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au.
1: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP/01005.